0: Hello, and welcome to That's My Jam, the show where music, human performance, and life experiences all intersect and I share through personal stories. Each week, I invite a guest to choose three songs that have shaped their life in one way or another, and to share the stories behind these songs and the meaning that they hold for them. This week, on my first episode of The Guest, I'm excited and very pleased to introduce my friend, Vince Michelle as the guest. Vince is an attorney, cannabis consultant, and amateur DJ based in Fort Collins, Colorado, where he works with cannabis clients to build their business and prepare written materials for license application in newly legalized states across the country. A budding musician and former athlete, Vince is familiar with the creative process, performing, and the struggles of success and failure across different pursuits. He enjoys connecting with others through music, cooking, business, and spirituality while pursuing his own private life with his partner at home. Recently, he's been exploring gardening spending time with his newly adopted cats, and the poetry of Mary Oliver. This conversation was just an absolute great way to start the podcast. Really excited that Vince was able to just take some time out of his day to sit down for a bit. And actually, I mean, actually, it was a little bit more than a bit. It was actually a bit longer than I thought it would, but it was the best. And I loved every minute of it. It definitely could have gone on longer. Um, The things he was sharing were very close and very dear to him which I really appreciate the vulnerability that he showed when talking about those three songs. And yeah, it just maybe want to just keep talking to him even more. And so you never know, maybe he'll be back on for another. It's hard to say. He even said himself that cutting it down to three songs was incredibly difficult. So we will see what the future holds. But for now, here is Vince. Hello, and welcome to That's My Jam. My name is Benny Collins. I am the host of the podcast here and Uh, Welcome to the first episode. Hooray! This is going to be a space where I bring on guests to talk about music, to talk about songs that mean a great deal to them, whether it shaped them as an athlete or a performer on stage, um, an executive director giving a speech, or maybe it's a song that reminds them of a uh, loved one that they no longer have in their lives, uh, in the the physical space, I should say. Um, But I'm very excited to have my first guest on. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Vince. D. Michelle, and he is here with me now. Thank you, Benny.
1: I'm excited to be here. Uh, honored to be the first guest. Uh, very much looking forward to this. Um, I'm a, a cannabis consultant and attorney based in Fort Collins. I'm also a former athlete and a budding DJ and musician. So, um, you know, I've dealt with performance and uh, music throughout my life, um, and music is a big part of my life. So, I'm excited to share. These songs and uh the connection behind them
0: here yeah thanks for being here this is yeah this is exciting this is fun um but i feel like it's always a really just a good way to transition to understanding a person's background is just thinking chronologically or maybe that's just like how it works in my brain i don't know so what hit me with like your first experiences with music like where did like where did it like click inside of you yeah so um
1: had an interesting couple of first concerts so music definitely came down through my dad Uh, my dad is kind of also a self-taught musician um, and big music fan and my first two concerts were uh the Backstreet Boys and then Ozfest in Houston which is where Velvet Revolver and Black Sabbath played yeah it was a kind of a juxtaposition there. (laughs) Um, and, and it's interesting because I think my taste is, is very varied, but, you know, from my dad and when it first really clicked was with classic rock with stuff like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and, you know, um, you know, all that seventies foreigner, that type of stuff. Um, and, you know, I still love that music to this day, but it's definitely not, you know, my square wheelhouse anymore. I've definitely moved moved away from that sort of stuff at least you know in in specifically those artists that my dad showed me but uh yeah my dad had this big cd collection and like a six cd player and uh so for me it was just picking out cds off of there and you know then it became mp3 players you know and and downloading songs onto my mp3 player i had like 110 songs they were like all classic rock on my little mp three player. I take them on like middle school field trips and stuff, um, and then I started taking piano lessons when I was very young too. So I got introduced to music and music theory and just like you know what a chord is and a scale um, when I was like ten years old, and then took piano lessons through high school. But I say through high school that's kind of cheating. I started skipping piano lessons in high school, so. That was when I kind of got bored with what I was learning and a classic case wish I would have stuck with it, but it just really wasn't, you know, for me at the time.
0: Yeah. Did you think about picking up any instruments at that time or was music just kind of like, I guess, playing music with maybe not the, maybe not the time?
1: No. Yeah. It didn't seem, I always, I would all, I would perform Sometimes when given the chance, we had events at school where I played, you know, a couple songs here and there over the course of four years, but I just never took it seriously. I don't think I, I was, I was distracted by really other pursuits. So high school is a big time for sports for me. I was playing soccer very seriously. Our soccer team was very good. And then also um, just making friends, you know being my extroverted self, being at boarding school, where I went to high school, I'm just surrounded by friends all the time. And uh, while, you know, my favorite way to play music is with friends and like with a group of friends, it's really an individual pursuit and, you know, knowing your own desires and how to spend that time, you know, practicing and playing and and learning more about music. Um, And so... I just think I really wasn't mature enough to recognize my desire there and kind of see that this thing that brought me so much joy was, you know accessible to me um, if I spent time doing it, um, because yeah at, at, at that time, how I spent time doing it was piano lessons, you know, which I
0: didn't enjoy. So it was't Yeah, work. It's interesting how in the right context, music can be kind of thrown into a box in some way, and there are some of us that really appreciate having that structure and things being very rigid and inflexible by having lessons and being taught theory and taught chords. But then there are some people, and I think I will fall into the second category where it's like, I just want to play and like I just want, I just want to experiment. I want to see what sounds cool and what sounds good. And it's just fun to just explore. It's almost you can think of the same way as like being in the kitchen. It's like, oh, I know that a certain amount of acidity would work well with a certain amount of fat. Let's just try this and this and see what happens.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and I think that's spawned my you know renewed love for music is that sort of perspective, and that you know many people who are boxed in, you know, there are horror stories of jazz musicians you know who take their own lives because they're you know too boxed in in the music and playing perfectly or overworked by uh, teachers and things, you know. So I definitely see that, and you know, see, I, I mean, I'm super thankful that I have a baseline of theory now, you know. But that, that sort of boxed in sort of, you know, music kept me from, from exploring it more. And now, you know, what brought me back to ultimately wanting to pick up the ukulele and ultimately move to the guitar was, you know, music like The Grateful Dead and Fish. You know, Freeform Improv is the name of their game. And so, you know, that's, that's definitely the stuff that inspired me. And of course, as you know, jamming with friends. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's what's brought me back to it. But as someone who also wants to write my own songs, you know, there's a certain amount of knowledge of theory, or at least the study of theory and other songs, right, and other forms um, that lends itself to, to writing better songs. So I, I consider myself kind of an amateur student of theory and, and musical structure. At least that's how I'm always thinking about a song and, you know, trying to appreciate a song from the writer's perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it very much reminds me of a quote that I heard from. It was a coach that I used to work with. He said to have a black, what was it? To have a black belt skill set, but a white belt mindset.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So yeah. I think, which I think it's like if all of us, whether no matter what we're doing, if we're an athlete, if we're an attorney, if we're a, a surgeon, for instance, if we could have the skill sets of an absolute master and a pro, but continuing to be a student and try to even sometimes pick apart the things you believe so you can build some awareness there and, and really check yourself it's like is that is that right like is that truthful should i believe in that should i act on that i think that would really serve people pretty well like that would be good for everybody <laughs>
1: absolutely so one of my favorite quotes ever from Pablo Picasso learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist that's beautiful you know? that's that's perfect right uh, he he was the man <laughs> that's incredible
0: yeah but, so, so you mentioned, going back to your family, so you mentioned your dad. Your dad was, was totally locked in with the six CD disc changer. Those things were so cool back in the day, I will mm-hmm. add. Um, anybody else in your family? What about your mom or your sisters?
1: So my mom can read music, but um, would probably benefit from your consulting on performance. You know, very much a lot of anxiety around performing, and that comes from her dad, but um, <clears throat> So her dad is actually a great piano player um, and still takes mm. lessons to this day at like 78. Um, and That's awesome. yeah, he, he loves playing. Um, my grandmother, my mom's mother is a singer and uh, played bells and church choir. Um, so there was always that around and I knew that my mom could read music and she could play like fur Elise, you know, on the piano. Um, but, but no one else really, um, my younger sister bug she picked up the guitar in like sixth seventh grade and learned a couple songs um right around the time that i was taking piano um and and for both of us it fell off you know so it was really my dad he he played guitar also um when i was younger like he was self-taught guitarist not incredibly well but you know well enough he sounds good and sure you know then Kind of taught himself piano when I was going to college, and now is teaching himself the drums and actually sounds good these days. He's been playing a lot of drums. Um, but yeah, you know, that's that was always his pursuit and certainly sort of formed a model for me, you know, picking up the ukulele initially after undergrad, kind of reproaching trying to be a musician myself. And he gave me that ukulele. So it's all. You know, Mm. the main flow is from my dad,
0: for sure. Yeah, that's a driving force, especially when you receive a physical item like the ukulele. It's like, this is, there's a connection here. It's pretty much a bond.
1: Yeah, and it's still my favorite ukulele, you know? It's like, I you know, it's a $50 basically toy ukulele, but (laughs) I I know how it sounds, you know? And I, I played it the most. And so, you know, it's interesting. I play it more than the, you know, $300 one that's sitting in a box somewhere, so.
0: Sure, yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. I guess the the word bond comes to mind again. Like there's a bond you form with the instrument. You get to know the ins and outs, how like how fast you can slide up on the neck, things like that. It's yeah, that's great. It's, um, a, it's
1: such a rich part of of learning music. You know, I'm glad you highlighted that because yeah, your your relationship with the thing is is super important.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's you know the mechanics, the physicality of it. Like I even um, you know, the bass guitar that I have, I just took it in to get some maintenance, had it for a year and a half, finally got it restrung, finally got it cleaned up. The action is set to what it should be instead of me just trying to figure it out and watching YouTube videos. And it's like having a whole new instrument. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Like, I, it was almost like Christmas morning. I was so excited to come back and play and like already, you know, getting those, those pinky calluses built up. It's, it's great. It's great.
1: Yeah. I haven't played my bass in forever. And, these past couple fish shows I went to, the bassist was really on fire and kind of inspired me to pick it up again. So that's a, a goal this weekend: do an hour of bass practice.
0: Yeah did you did you
1: notice what he what he plays? Um, what kind of bass it was. Oh yeah he play, he plays a modulus. Um, there there the company doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I was going to say
0: it sounds like a planet from Star Trek <laughs> or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, they make pretty amazing bases, and he gets it like machine calibrated. So there's this you know big. Uh, it, it's held vertically and there's this machine that goes with different tensions, pushes the strings, like evens them out, um, okay. you know, gets it, gets it perfect. Um, yeah. He's got, he's definitely
0: got a rig rundown on YouTube. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, you yes. Yeah. I've seen Michael league's version of that, which is fun. I think I've seen that like three times just cause I'm really a big Michael league fan. <laughs> um, That's great. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's, Let's switch gears here. Let's get into the meat of this. Let's talk about the songs. Before we dive in, like I said, I cut it to three. So what was it like coming up with just a list of three songs?
1: It, it, it was tough. It sucked, honestly. Um, <laughs> it really sucked. Handcups. And so I'm, I'm kind of trying to force my way into a follow-up episode or three. <laughs> because those three songs I picked are... They're very meta. Um, they're, okay. Okay. they're very meta examples of some of the, the things that you, you highlighted that you might want these songs to represent and just some of the, that the, the meaning that I took out of um, coming on this. So, um, And you'll see when I explain that more, but these are less backed by a very emotional specific story and more very meta emotional for many different reasons
0: okay, that's a good foundation to go off. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I received the songs that you sent, I listened to them. And as I went through them and there are all three were pretty quick songs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was one of them like, Oh yeah. Like given when this song came out and given that it, it had the popularity that it had, this kind of makes sense. Like I get it. There are many people our age that were jamming on this song. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was, it was fun. And and I like that you said it was kind of meta because for me, it did kind of give me a peek into like, oh, so like, this is like kind of an, the inner workings of, of Vince in a way, mm-hmm. which I think is very fascinating to like get that layer. Everyone's like, you know, always trying to understand the layers of a person. It's like, listen to their music and mm-hmm. understand how they feel about it. Then you can really start to get to know somebody.
1: Yeah, so. no, I totally agree. It's a great way to connect without, you know, talking much. Yeah,
0: because who likes talking?
1: Well, I mean, but we, you know, it's like much of the reason we are friends, we've experienced many shows together, you know, it's like. Absolutely. You know, know that we can count on each other to sort of be on the same page at a show, enjoy the same things, you know, like that dependability and, you know, friendship is, is valuable. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't have said it better. I totally agree.
0: All right. Um, well, let's jump right in. Let's get to it. So the first song you sent over to me, was a song by Fish. What's the title of this song? It is Sleep. Okay. Sleep. So I know you mentioned, I'm um, going back to your father a little bit, talking about some classic rock, um, talking about the dead, you mentioned Fish. When did Fish enter your life? Because I'm an outsider when it comes to being a Fish head and the community that Fish had, because it, it, or, or has, I should say, because it's a pretty massive community. So when did all that start for you? So...
1: It started um, in a very, you know, serendipitous way, as Fish stories do. Um, so, once upon I, a time, I once upon a time. So <laughs> I was attending Tulane in New Orleans for undergrad, and Fish was playing at Jazz Fest in 2014. So they were coming down, and my family would also be down there. Um, we would be going to Jazz Fest for a little bit, and then going to dinner after. Um, so we weren't going to be able to catch. The whole fish show we were just going to go for a few songs and then go to dinner um so as we're leaving for the show my ro- i say to my roommate Slater, i say um I, hey i've never seen fish before and he turns to me and says what is this, is this <laughs> about to be a thing vince and, stopped his uh, tracks he, he very much knew it was definitely a thing um but so then walking we're two minutes from jazz fest walking up to the door my dad is like, Hey, this is the only fish song I know. And he plays this song, kill devil falls. Um, and they opened with that song at the jazz fest show. Right. So it's just like, Whoa, this is weird. Like literally the only notes I've heard of this band I'm I'm hearing. Right. And I like the song, you know, so that was cool. Um, got a little snippet and really liked they only, we only got to see like four songs and then we had to go. And I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed the four songs that we saw. And then, you know, that night was, you know, re listening to the show in its entirety um, sitting on my couch, you know? So it was an immediate thing, um, an immediate interest, immediate appreciation. And then uh, four months later in August, I drove with Elliot diesel, who, you know, down Mm -hmm. to, Uh, Alabama from New Orleans. So three hour trip down to Alabama to see fish in Alabama. And that was like my first full show. Um, and it was awesome. It was again, a very serendipitous thing where I only knew the handful of songs, 10, 11 songs, and they played them all in the first set, you know, just like, Oh, Whoa, that's, that's a good show. I guess, you know, they played everything I wanted and then this is all (laughs) bonus. You know, it's like, um, and weird things like that keep happening with the band, right? So it's like this, you know, universal, you know, sort of sign to to not ignore for me and confirmed by the shows I just attended, you know, I just had like such a, such a great time. And they were so renewing of my love for music and reinvigorating of my love for, you know, that scene and those people making friends there, you know, again, sharing the music, um, you know, it was really, really beautiful. I kind of have had the blues the last couple of days, honestly, because um, it was such like a high, you know, I had to do a lot of integrating and just kind of like, OK, I can't be sad. What am I going to do about this? How are we going to get, you know, do this again or, you know, be with these people again, play more music, you know, so um, very yeah. important stuff in my life. Yeah.
0: But started yeah. In
1: 2014.
0: OK, yeah. So six, seven years ago at this point. Yeah. And, and I totally hear what you're saying about like the come down after a very special concert, because it's so profound and it's so powerful, but it all kind of starts with like a hook. And, and you mentioned that, you know, back in 2014 in New Orleans with your family, a little connection with your father. It's the only song that he knows, but musically, what was like the hook for you? What, what like made your, your ears perk up and were like, Whoa.
1: At, f- at first it's the guitarist. It was, it was Trey. It's the way he plays the guitar. Um, was you know unlike anything I had ever heard, and you know their songs were unlike I, anything I would ever heard, um, but were somehow tapping into this like big yes center in my brain. It was like you never heard this before, but it's maybe the best music you've ever heard. You know? So, um, and then it just became you know digging digging deep and learning more about the scene and the band and the history, and you know I was just falling head over heels in love with all of it. Um, you know, the, their sense of humor, the way they are both, you know, sort of these really serious, sober musicians and also kind of court jesters at the same time uh, really appealed to me. I've always liked sort of the duality and yin and yang. And, um, you know, they, I think they exemplify that very well.
0: Yeah, that's what I, I find it to be very impressive with musicians of that caliber where they're so good that it can seem like they're really just kind of hanging out. And everyone just happens to be not on stage with them and they're listening instead of
2: playing. So that's, yeah, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so special. So for this
1: song, um, the, I was first introduced to this song not through the music, but through uh, the, one could say poorly made documentary on Fish called Bittersweet Motel. Um, which is a name of one of their songs, and it was basically the Fishes' version of what the Dead did when a documentary crew tried to make a movie about them. Which was, you know, no, 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 you're not, you're not getting any of this. You know, like we're gonna mess with you, and you're not getting any good footage. And sure. you know, little little bits and pieces, sure, that of course mean a lot to serious fans, but in no way a presentable motion picture for a mass audience. You know, um, and they're talking about Tom Marshall, who is the lyricist for Fish, his writing. And they're talking, Trey is talking about how he thinks that Tom is a genius and can write about anything. Then he says, like, we just wrote this new one. And then he starts playing Sleep. And he plays it just himself on his guitar and sings it. And it's a beautiful rendition. And so I fell in love with the song then um, and knew that it was always kind of this song that, that Trey thought was, was written very well and a great example of Tom Marshall's writing. Um, and I think it is. And, you know, I, I really love it for that. It sort of captures a time and a moment for me and serves as a, as a mood and a vibe that few other songs can Yeah. And,
0: and speaking of, of the mood and the vibe, what does it do to your mood and, and vibe after you listen to it?
1: So this for me is
2: is a couple instances that maybe are all in the same state of mind. So
1: it's kind of that time, it's 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 time dilation, you know, it's this small window of time or attention that maybe seems longer or a long one that seems shorter, you know, and the kind of feeling that you have in those moments where Reality isn't real. It's almost more real, you know. And then you're lost in it, and so time is warped, you know. Um, and so the example of this song is, you know, when you're when you first wake up, but you're still kind of asleep, and you can remember a dream, but you you know are fully awake, and it starts slipping away. Um, so for me, this might be, you know, both that sort of moment. Um, for me, this could be falling asleep as well. Um, and and really, a lot of times it's more when I can't sleep, but I'm enjoying the the air and quiet of the night, you know. Um, and so a lot of times, post a big concert, you know, when I really am looking to decompress and settle into a, a quiet space. Um, if I'm up late and I can't sleep, and I want to, you know, listen to something quiet um it it is intricate and beautiful and quiet and it really listening to it and thinking about the lyrics sort of helps put my mind in that time dilation state um it sort of just flips it once and flips it back and then things are different and uh and you know i'm i always always get emotional listening to it um Really, you know, right now talking about it, it's just it's such a you know so short and well done um, song, and that's the thing is the song is kind of you know I, I chose all these songs because they're meta versions of what they do. So the song is you know about a short moment that feels long, and the song feels that way. You know, if you're in it listening to it, it is super short, but it's got these moments that just take you away. Um, and you know, that
2: to me is such a hard thing to write about. Um, and
1: it's done so well here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I mean, so when you sent me the song, it was my very first time listening to it. And it was on my car, it was in the car just today. And I want to say it was, it's really like three minutes and 11 seconds, or it's just just over three minutes. It's very and this is, a,
1: this is a live version that has yeah. an intro of someone screaming for it, requesting it, and then Trey taking the request. So that's also extra yeah. special.
0: Um, but yeah, the whole song is not, you know, more than two minutes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's amazing. And I think what you're describing before on, you know, maybe having a later night at a concert, you're in that wind down phase where you're wanting to go to sleep, but you're maybe having a hard time getting there. The way you're describing it to me almost just identified it as like a meditation in a way yes. where you're, you're using it as a tool where you're, you have this current headspace and you're feeling this way and thinking this way. And at that moment in time, you don't necessarily want to be thinking that way or feeling that way. So you use it as a tool to get you to be somewhere else so you can kind of achieve that desired state and have that outcome, which in that point would be a, just a really comfortable and restful sleep. Mm-hmm. so i yeah.
1: think that's amazing no and 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 yes very much and also to serve as a as a catharsis you know like i can really let it out when i have that song on repeat you know i can yeah. get into the state of just emotional release and just get all of that energy out um you know usually through crying um yeah, but yeah. you know a lot of times through through sleeping
2: as well yeah well I think crying and sleeping are both really good ways to detox. That they are. <laughs> yeah, really good. And so if you had to take a guess, how many times have you listened to this song? It, like I said, you know, use it as a meditation,
1: listening, have listened to it on repeat. I mean, you know, ugh, you know at, least, at least over a few thousand, you know, um, mm.
2: especially because it's short. Um yeah,
1: I mean probably closer, like close to like five or six thousand times or something, you know. Um, wow. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be curious to see how many minutes. So like let's say it's yeah. two minutes, how many makes you, years you think thousand minutes. It makes you
0: think, 10, <laughs> it, it makes me think of that Robert Frost poem stopping, I think it's stopping by the woods on a snowy evening. And I think some of the last lines in the poem are, and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. Mm -hmm. You've you've put on the miles, my friend.
2: Indeed. Indeed.
1: And with, with sleep as my soundtrack.
0: Yeah. How often, what's the frequency on this? So I know it's on repeat, but how often, how many days out of the week do you come back to the song? How many weeks out of the month do you come back to the song? (sighs) That, it really depends. Um, you know, so that's what made it
1: hard to, to choose this as well, because as you know, I have very diverse listening interests. And so, you know, my, my days are... It, these days, if spent, if spent on Spotify, are more listening to and hunting for new music than anything else. Um, whereas I'm listening to old music through my records and through listening to fish through the live fish app. Um I also, you know, this past year hadn't experienced many restless nights with, you know, lockdown and COVID. Um yeah. it was a lot of being at home a lot and going to bed early. And, you know, wasn't using my my sleep meditation to do it. Um, sure. you know, it was more you know, wind down at home activities, then come home late, still kind of buzzing and, you know, need, need that sort of thing. Or, you know, a late plane flight or anything. There was no, no, no traveling and no real difficulty sleeping. So over the past year, not so much. Um, When I was living in Austin, uh, um, I think this was my top played song on my
2: Spotify. Hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: So how, so pre-pandemic thinking, you know, before 2020, what was it like hearing it and digesting this song versus now? Like, how does the song, has has it changed? Does it sound different to you? Do you notice different things? I think it's not, it's not so much
1: pre-post-pandemic that the change has occurred. It is pre and post this recent Fish Summer Tour. Um, I you know, have an even deeper and greater appreciation for the band than I did before it. And, um, you know, especially now in this very much post period, you know, it's like three days after it ended. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm returning to my favorite fish right now and kind of deepening my love for it. So, you know, right now it's as, as great as it's ever been. And, you know, before was maybe turned into a kind of, yeah, crutch-esque song and wasn't as much of an emotional um, investment as it will be now. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things that, I, I mentioned the word tool before, but I just love the idea that there are these, just these different objects and these different items that we can just hang on to and we can rely on them and use them when we need, because you know life comes at us a million miles an hour. Every single day is different. It's challenging. It's hard, but if we have these certain things at our disposal, it makes life so much easier.
2: hmm.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, can I read a little bit of the? Please, please the song do. It. Lyrics? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really short. So I guess I'll I'll read it all. Um, so I can't describe the feeling when. I'm in my bed asleep and then I wake up with a vision blurred and all my efforts are deterred to reconstruct this image lost. There are certain things my mind must do and even though they're very few, the image glistens like a gem. Repairing is not one of them. So I'm awake though in my mind the image that's so unrefined is calling to me from the deep and tempting me to fall
2: asleep. It's very succinct. So,
1: yeah, right? Gets, gets right to the point. So my, probably my, I mean, I, I love everything about this. So I can't describe the feeling when I'm in my bed asleep and then, except that's what he's about to do. You know, he's saying he can't yeah. describe it right. But then he's going for it, you know. So, just that—that self-awareness, that sort of meta writing—I always love, um, and is is so well done here. He just gets right to it, you know. I can't describe it, but here goes. Um, And then, you know, wake up with a vision blurred, and my efforts are deterred to reconstruct this image lost. You know, that's that feeling I was mentioning. You know, you're you're kind of losing the dream and you know, you're, you're waking up and you're trying to remember it, but you can't
2: really. Um, yeah. And then
1: this kind of flip. So there are certain things my mind must do. And even though they're very few, the image glistens like a gem repairing is not one of them. So I love, so in the song, those are broken up, but that's kind of a poetry stanza, if
2: you will. And it, it, okay.
0: Wi Fi went out, lost the, the connection here. Hopefully, no issues arise. Unfortunately, Vince was cut off mid story, mid thought, which is very unfortunate and frustrating. Uh, but we are back. Vince, on to you, my friend. Them Central Texas heat storms. <laughs>
1: yeah, um.
0: relentless. <laughs> Well, so I,
1: I, I, was, I initially talked about how, um, you know, he opens the song with saying he can't describe it, but then he's going to go for it. Um, and then I was kind of talking about how it, it, there's a little bit of a flip in sort of the middle of the song where the lyrics say, there are certain things my mind must do. And even though they're very few, the image glistens like a gem. There's kind of a musical break repairing is not one of them. So I I look at this as you know he's he's woken up he's he's trying to reconstruct an image and he knows that there are certain things he has to do to do it and it's almost like by turning the mind to the task without thinking about the image then the image shows up glistening like a gem but then it's lost again repairing the image is something that I can't do. You know, it's like, there's almost this like cognitive flip going on where, you know, it's almost like the lyrics are out of order, you know? Um, and he's stuck the image glistens like a gem right there. You know, there's kind of this break and there's the musical break that follows. That's maybe, you know, this clarity that comes from not grasping. And then when he tries to grasp again, it's gone. Um, I really like that. I really love the way that's written and the way it plays out in the music. And, you know, it really does evoke that, that feeling of, um, you know, clarity in, in a haze or, you know, clarity receding when trying to understand it
0: deeper. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes me think about the, the clarity piece for sure, but it also just makes me think of patience and on how like we're, you know, trying to get from point A to point B, you know, whatever those two locations are. But sometimes we do have to have X amount of patience to enable in- to get there or to, or to be able to get there, I should say. And we can't force it. We can't, sometimes we can't just like put the pedal down and get there right away. It's like, we have to just kind of accept that the path and the journey that, that we're on, and it will happen when it's supposed to. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't but
1: exactly exactly. And that's kind of what I'm going for when I'm trying to fall asleep, you know, just letting the song sleep wash over me enough time.
0: (laughs) I am asleep. Yeah. Be patient, sweet Vincent. You will be sleeping soon. (laughs)
1: Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the song is, is patient. Like we talked about, you know, it's short, but feels long. Um, sort of feels just the right length, you know, um, it's a, I think does, does what it needs to in the short amount of time. Yeah. It's
0: like a snug boot in winter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's all the comfort insulation you could ever need. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, let's, let's get going to number two. So the second song that you sent me was, I don't want to be by Gavin
2: DeGraw.
1: How did this, end up on the list for you so this is i think this is maybe the best pop song ever written like the best sing-along banger of all time um and that appreciation has deepened recently because i've been really pinging lots of groups of friends to find me a better one and you know people are coming up empty handed so just cementing that validating that but
0: you know, question, quick question: I, oh, yeah. Who's the jury on that? Who's, who's, who's
1: <laughs> that the jury? Be, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the jury on this. So. I, um, not as much. But, but here we'll 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 break down why I objectively. I know it's subjective, but uh <laughs> but why I love this this song really. um So was originally introduced to it like when it came out back in you know 2000
0: whenever. Yeah, um, it's, Spotify know, when we said young. 2003. So you and I were about 10, 11 years old, right around there.
1: Yeah. And was a classic song that, you know, I knew I loved, but had to hate because, you know, everyone said it was dumb or whatever, you know, like, like, you know, just very young, young kid stuff. So I didn't really reapproach this song until I started just getting back into music in a serious vein, thinking not what other people like, but what do I like? Mm -hmm. Um, So really around like, you know, the end of high school. Um, And, you know, that this for me is also just a huge pump up song today. Um, This gets me in the zone for so many different things. Um, Could, you know, be pumping me up for, you know, something at work, some, you know, giving a talk related to my job, um, just pumping me up when I'm low energy, um, you know, getting me super pumped up when I'm with friends and we're all singing the song, you know, um, and really the reason why it's my absolute favorite is because the message, the lyrics and the message of the song are so pure and positive and good. And I think it's really well-written too. Um, You know, I think that it it has a lyricism to it that Mm -hmm. a lot of pop songs, um, don't quite have the same edge that it does. Um, and, you know, the melody is, is incredible. It's super uplifting. It's, it definitely, you know, makes me super emotional every time I hear it and you know, I'm just, I'm buzzing afterwards. It's a very high vibration song for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that dopamine. It's, it does its magic. What is, as so you said, it gets you pumped up in different ways. What is, what is being pumped up feel like to you?
1: So it, it, it depends, you know, on the, on the side, I'd say in general, it is that, that higher energy sort of taking me out of a low energy state and bringing me into a higher one. So then what's capable, what I'm capable of in the higher energy state is a, you know, larger number of things. So greater focus, greater empathy, greater love, you know, greater exuberance, more, more being myself, um, you know, I guess in on a spectrum, more connection and less separation. So mm-hmm. connection to the moment, uh, connection to my task at hand, connection to my friends, to my, you know, bandmates, the people I jam with, you know, connection to a team that I'm playing sports with. Um, and it really helps me connect. Yeah. And so for me, that is, you know, those, those connections both feed my high energy and happen more when I'm high energy.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, so connection is at the forefront. And I mean, going back to the song title, I don't want to be, and then if we go a bit further with one of the lyrics, I don't want to be anything else than a, than have been lately or whatever. I can't remember. I don't
1: want to be anything other than what I've been trying, trying to, be to be lately.
0: Me. Thank you. Yeah. So when you think about that, you think about being pumped up, in your own identity, in a connection to yourself. What is what does that then do to, to feeling amped up in your, your connection with yourself? I mean, that's
1: the, you know, I think that's where all those other connections start. You know, it's like my spiritual teacher says you can only love others as much as you love yourself. Um, and I think that's super true. And so for me, it's really it's the, the impetus, it's the start of all that. It's reminding me that you know, for me, um, my highest version, you know, of Vince and the one that I experienced really, it's like, you know, there's like a love and an ecstasy there. It's like an incredible, you know, physical and mental feeling of, of, you know, pleasure, connection, elation, um, to, you know, all these different things stemming from, you know, a love for myself and how I connect to those things. So, you know, for me, it's, you know, as as you all know, getting excited about sharing music with friends or sharing food with friends, you know, mm-hmm. sharing fun experiences. And so for me, listening to this song reminds me of how I fit into those scenarios, which is, you know, being the extrovert, sort of being the, you know, the like the person who spot inspi- tries to inspire others to be their self. You know, it's like yeah. I'm so myself that I help others come out. And so reminding me to step into that role to have you know a positive energy in that role to realize that that's the role I have all the time whether I like it or not you know um and that that is and that's good you know that like that version of myself is is great um is good and you know the the force of the melody and the strong in the song and the way it builds and the way he sings it are definitely
0: exemplary of that there is so much that we could just like dive in on just that <laughs> little snippet. Like I have so many things I'm thinking about, but, but yeah, I, I go back to connection and how you said that you feel like you're a little more, it, you kind of, I guess I'm paraphrasing, but you sound like you really centered. Like this song helps you feel centered and grounded almost in the way that a tree grows deeper and thicker roots that go out further and you're able to connect with other people or trees. If we're just going to keep using this analogy and you and everybody else are stronger and more rigid and centered and solid for it. And yeah. I, th- I
1: think yeah. that's a great, yeah, I think, I think that does a good job because the ne- the third song is kind of what I think helps push me out of my comfort zone um, somewhat. And this really is, yeah, like not necessarily, you know, comfort zone, you know, like falling back into, you know, sort of behavioral eddies and, you know, having static energy and stuff like that, but more, more, yeah, that, that root chakra, you know, like self-worth and, um, you know, like, like ability to trust yourself and, and do things, you know, I think that this is a reminder of my power, you know, like a reminder that, that I'm powerful and that I can, you know, be, be myself and that that's the greatest power.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's so right on. It's like just having that strong base. And unfortunately, some of us aren't able to always show up with a strong base each and every day. But that is the bedrock. You know, if we hope to live our greatest lives and be our best selves, like we got to have that base. We got to have in a rice bowl, it's called a rice bowl for a reason. Rice is at the bottom, that's the foundation. Exactly. You got to have it.
1: Exactly. And so, you know, on that note, I mean, affirmations for me are huge in this. And I think that, you know, we're kind of hitting on some great the stuff I haven't articulated before, but I use song lyrics as affirmations for myself, you know, um, in the same way that I might just, you know, when I'm meditating or looking in the mirror, say, like, you are enough, you know, you're a mountain, you know, you're strong. Um, like, I use song lyrics, you know, so it's a great, you know, he has in the second bridge. Um, or, I guess, second, third verse, um, he has a great bit where he says, I, I, I love this line, I came from the mountain, the crust of creation. And I, first of all, just love that lyric, the crust of creation. That's a great line for that, you know, yeah. like, and he's, he's saying what we're saying, you know, I came from the Freaking mountain! Like I am from the crust of creation. Like I am strong and powerful. I am those things. You know, I am representative of all that. Um, you know, I, I am nothing less. And uh, and you know, that's I. You know, the, the following line: my whole situation made from clay to stone, and now I'm telling everybody. And it's like you know,
0: I, so I came, great.
1: right. I came from the power of the earth. I am one with all creation, and my whole situation is from clay to stone. You know, I've been soft and turned hard, like in a, in a good way, he's saying, you know, like I'm molded. Um, yes. and I'm telling everyone, you know, like this has been so great for me being myself that I got to spread it around, you know? And I like, we were talking about connection. It's like, get that root set up, you know, connect with yourself and then you expand outwards. Yeah. And so this again, you know, it's a meta, it's doing yeah. what
0: we're talking about. Yeah. You're, you're doing it to me right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm going to pause the podcast. I'm going to go to the gym. I'll come back and then we can finish up. Yeah. But that's so like you said the word molded and that was the exact word that I was thinking of because we are just constantly evolving and being molded. And when we can be reinforced to mold ourselves to our own uh, I guess structure our own our own framework rather than what we think we should be, or comparing ourselves to others, or even to you know like celebrities and people that we even idolize. It's like yes, I love what so and so does for charity with all of their money. That is beautiful. That is so so great and helpful. But at the same time, I don't want to be them. I want certain qualities or attributes of them, and I want to take that and I want to slack it to my own clay and stone and shape my own mountain and have my own foundation. And I hope that others can, you know, do the same thing, just, just bits and pieces of what makes sense to them. But ultimately, their home base is their home base and it is their structure that they will live upon.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, like in the simplest sense, like, you know, knowing what, you know, knowing yourself and knowing what your values are, are the key to that, right? It's like, you know, for the example, of the Trudeau example, it's like, do you want to be generous? You know, like set the intention to be generous. You know, do you want to yeah. be, you know, outgoing extroverted set that intention do you want to you know read more you know any anything really it's just, and you know you know I, lo- I really love what you're you're going to be doing with your you know performance consulting because of that it's really like hitting on that whole thing is know yourself and then act so you know, I'm, I'm excited to see more
0: yeah no I appreciate it and you're and you're, you're exactly right when it comes to values and, and knowing yourself and it's something that I ask folks all the time you know whether I'm in that coaching seat and supporting them that way. Or if, um, you know, if they're a friend or someone I'm getting to meet, I, I'm not one who really enjoys small talk. You probably could guess that. I think, you know, that at this point, I really like just getting to, you know, the heart of a conversation and just really understanding somebody. And a part of that is, is their values and not in a way where it's, you know, I'm, it's a very quick little coffee day. It's like, Hey, nice to meet you. You're having a black coffee. Great. So how about those values? It's, it's not, it's not that up in their face, but it, I feel like it's, Going back to connection, connection is, is, we are humans. We are social creatures and connections are very easily built when values are aligned. And also it's, it's kind of, you become a little bit envious when you come across someone who has strong values because they believe in something and they're not just floating out in the current of whatever place that they happened to be existing in. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's a very attractive quality in friends, partners, whoever it may be. So, but yeah, speaking of values, Hit me with a couple of quick values for you. What do you live by? So I used to have
1: this card that I wrote my values down on, but I would say that it's, you know, it's changed whether I like it or not. So it used to say, number one, mental health. Number two, physical health. Number three, relationships. Number four
2: um, was influence, I think.
1: I forget what four and five were. It was influence and something else. Um, but I can't remember. Very, very vague terms. Um, and while I, you know, believe that my mental health is strong, I haven't necessarily prioritized it as number one in the past mm-hmm. few years, you know? Um, I would say that the list probably reads something more like
2: relationships, music,
1: I mean, my, my own creative pursuits, um, yeah, relationships, my own creative pursuits, um, you know, work straight up as much as I care, you know, it's like it has been a priority and value for me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, relationship. I mean, again, very broad. There's a lot of subsets there, but yeah. you know, relationships, my own creative pursuits um, my own work and business. And, um, yeah, I mean, those are the real three general things. Um, those are the three things I spend the most time and money on. Um, you know, I guess lastly would be like this, this home recently, you know, moving into this new place with Mary has been a priority and a big value, just like connecting with our shared values. I guess the last one is, is cooking, you know, is cooking and food. Like yes, it's a, you know, Yeah. Eating well and not necessarily healthy, but, you know, well, you know, cooking, cooking things that are whole meals that I've made myself that are delicious and continuing to work on, you know, my culinary skills.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I owe you an apology. There's no way a person can quickly talk about three values that they have. (laughs) So I'm sorry for that. But, um, but yeah, like you said, there are subsets and I think that just you said that they were kind of vague, but then you began, you, be, you began to articulate them. And I think it's just very interesting. And it, it just really showed me that when it comes to values, and this is obviously off topic, but values can really, for some people, only be articulated and understood in the way that they know them. And the way that you feel about cooking is a value. I really enjoy cooking and good food. And I would consider it to be up there and, and possibly a value. And if it is, it would still be different than yours. And that's only because of the experience of it and only because of the connection and the, the history and, and all that, which I know, you know you're, you're, shaking, you're nodding your head. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's fascinating. But um, anyways, back to our good man, uh, Gavin DeGraw here. Um, so comparing to Sleep by Fish, a song that you visit to kind of um, circ- in like a circumstantial sense, where when it comes to this song, this is like you said, it's an all up, pump up song. You feel rooted, you feel grounded, you feel, you know, the crust of creation. Is this a song you visit a bit more?
1: Certainly, recently, certainly in the past few years,
2: yes. Um, it it
1: really comes up at random times um, for me. Um, I would say it predictably comes up when I'm having a good time with friends. In that I enjoy sharing it with friends, and again pinging them if they have a better one. But um, that it it really does. It it comes up in in difference, in, you know it comes up randomly. It's pretty predictably on any um, pump up playlist I create for something. So it might be you know to pump myself up for working out um or or some, you know, some speech I gave in law school or have to give for work. Um and 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 really I think most of the time, and the reason why I say it comes up randomly is because mostly it serves to raise my energy generally. So it could be that I'm, you know, just tired after a day of work and you know Mary and I were going to go do something and I wanna I'm I'm just gonna raise my energy you know, musically, emotionally. Um, and that's why I think it comes up so randomly is because, you know, that, that, you know, when I need an emotional lift is so random, you know? So, yeah. um, again, kind of using it as this, this crutch that when, you know, when when I feel an energetic low or emotional low that it can lift me up and get me, you know, back to my feet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause whatever instances we have across the day and throughout the day, we need, you know, we may be down, so we need to kind of correct. And so we can have something like this to kind of bring us back up. It's almost going back to sleep. That's a song you're using to kind of decompress and come down and relax into that, into that unconscious and and sleeping state. Whereas this is the opposite. This is to to ratchet up.
1: Mm -hmm. And then, and, you know, yeah, like just, just a bit more on the kind of energetic flow. It's like we can get energy from so many different, sources, you know, we can drink coffee, do push-ups, you know, like rest or have sort of this emotional lift, like I'm talking about. And that can come from music, art, you know, all sorts of different things, meditation. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it works best when the low is emotional, but it can serve to, you know, raise your physical spirits, um, if you're feeling physically down, you know, because emotional energy will kind of permeate through that. So while I think it works best when I'm kind of just sad or down or tired emotionally, um, it really serves, it'll, it'll help in virtually any scenario, you know, it's an over the
0: counter drug here. Yeah. It's, it's your, it's your Swiss army knife. You can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. What is, what happens to your, what happens to your decision-making after listening to this song?
1: I definitely, it's interesting because there's a combination of, and maybe this is just me being more myself, but I definitely, you know, am am less inhibited, want to be more, you know, true to what I think is true. Um, The question is whether what is, you know, uninhibited versus impulsive, you know, determining that sort of line um, can be tricky. Let's say, for example, I'm with friends and we're, you know, having a good time. This song may entice me to, you know, coax myself and, uh, and others into trouble, um, you know, fun trouble, but but trouble nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I'm using it more for those emotional lows with myself, it's definitely serves in, in a more generally positive capacity to really lift me up, have me more focused on, on how I'm being, how my demeanor might affect others or, you know, is affecting the situation, what I can do to change that, you know, what's in my control right now, um, you know, set and setting just like what I'm bringing to the table and then what's there. Um, so really like a heightened awareness, you know, like for, for myself and, and the situation, um, just from, again, coming back to that, you know, awareness of self and confidence in self.
0: Yeah. And with that awareness, we can always, it's often easier to see where resistance lies in front of us, whether it's like a, I mean, I guess to kind of cut right to Mm -hmm. it, oftentimes just self self self-imposed resistances and thoughts that we have that are limiting beliefs. And so by building that awareness with, you know, with a song like this or something similar, we could just like really get some clarity around what it is that's standing in our way. And sometimes it's ourselves. And then once we realize that and we start saying, I don't want to be anything else that I've not other been I'm butchering it again. But you get, <laughs> yeah. Um, we can just kind of get out of our own way. And that's mm-hmm. often one of the biggest mental blocks with the folks I, I work with and talk to is, is the limiting beliefs, the negative self-talk, just them getting in their own way. And mm-hmm. yeah, again, Swiss army knife.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh. So that that sort of concept came to me through the book The Artist's Way, which I read recently with a friend, and um, is basically about that breaking down your own limiting beliefs about what an artist can be, can make, can can do. You know, so um, that's been front of mind for me, you know,
0: recently as well. Yeah, and oftentimes I think when we when we break down those limiting beliefs and we get rid of that in negative self talk and we stop being so harsh on ourselves sometimes we can realize that there is kind of like a softness and like tenderness to us that does need to be taken care of in very specific ways but speaking of tenderness let's transition into that third track so this track is called tenderness by is it pronounced parquet courts i believe parquet courts yes okay where did where did you when did you first hear this
1: song Um, I first heard the song like right after this album came out. Um, I was a fan just getting into Parquet Courts at the time. And um, my friend, Michael, uh, who lives in Boulder, he is a big fan of the band. And so he sent me the new album, said, check this out. Um, I listened to it. It's the last song on the album and probably the most single-esque song on the album. Parquet Courts Mm -hmm. writes a lot of you know, sort of odd punky songs. Um, But this one is, you know, pretty poppy, but very intricate. And um, Andy Savage, who's the guitarist, singer, songwriter for Parquet Chords, kind of principal songwriter. They, a few of the guys write songs, but Andy Savage does the most. He, I think this is sort of just a shining example of his growth as a songwriter i think that these this these lyrics um sort of cover you know why 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 do art and music you know why why care about this stuff um and do so in such a lyrical way you know it's like the words sound the way they should to say what they're saying you know it's like there are old songs where he's basically mumbling you know poetry but he's he's mumbling it over you know a rhythm that isn't exactly matched and it's a it's an odd song you know this is like the words fit the music so perfectly and the flow and the timing and what they're saying it all all blends together it's just a masterpiece of a song yeah
2: when it comes to the the rhythm piece that you had mentioned
0: and how like it's almost maybe not contradictory but it just doesn't entirely fit in the way that you think with the lyrics what did the rhythm do to you? Because, you know, music makes us feel different things and think different things. But the rhythm section for this song, how did that hit you?
1: Um, it's, it's one of those songs that it's, you know, it's not what you play, it's what you say. So it's not a very difficult song, but it's really groovy, um, a really great rhythm and great melody and playing um, and, and great production. Just a really, a really well done song. I mean generally rock but for me it's it's instantly catchy and Mm -hmm. and has a sort of tenderness
0: to it (laughs) yeah yeah I I noticed that too I think with the rhythm section that that's something that always catches me is just the sound of the composition of the instruments the music itself um and it has, like you said it's very groovy it just kind of drives but you're absolutely right in that there is a tenderness to it, where it's almost like it's it's light it's kind of like it's almost like injera bread. Have you ever had injera bread, Ethiopian food? It's, it's just like this light, fluffy thing that's just kind of... I feel like we should just totally drop this music idea and just go with a food podcast because we're talking so much about food. We could. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I... Yeah, there's like almost like levity to it where it's just like very casual, but we're grooving at the same time and it just feels very warm. hmm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And it's it's the the message is said warmly you know he's kind of critiquing the way society lives um but he's not bashing it you know um he's just like it's more uh, observational in a sense that you know this is kind of what i see um with with the world you know and w- what's going on yeah what is so with the
0: decision making from this song after you listen to the song I guess after listening to it intently, you know, let's say you're going for a walk, you don't really have a lot of distractions and you're really honing in on this song after it's done, what's, what's going through your
2: head?
1: This for me is like, there's like three, maybe four big takeaways I get from this song, like every time, Um, pretty reliably. So first is, you know, and I'll put them into lines from the song. So first is, um, and there is romance in the slow dances because they're fertile and hush, futile in haste. These are your nerves. This is how they taste. So for me, this is a reminder to slow down. But as much as you know, technology improves and increases around us, we're monkeys. And so we need to, you know, romance in the slow dances. Like that's where love is found, you know, and that's where beauty of the world is found is in slowing down and taking the time to just to just be, um, and connect with someone or something. Um, and then they're, they're fertile and hush, you know, they, they will grow as you slow down um, and you will see more of them and you will, you will get to experience this fertility and, you know, life. Um, and then futile in haste, you know, if you're rushing, you're going to get none of it. If you're rushing and you try to do this, you're going to, you're going to feel frustrated, you know, because you're not going to get it. It's futile. And then, you know, as much as you may not want this to be the case, this is your nerves and this is how they taste. You know, like, this is who we are. This is what we are. Um, and, you know, it may leave a bad taste in your mouth, but that's that's the deal, you know? So get used to it. Um, so, you know, that reminder, slow down to connect more with, with nature and the older parts of us that are not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and then opening up to people and connecting with friends and, you know, kind of spreading the good word, talking about these things. Um, So it's two, two kind of stanzas that are separate in the song, but um, well, I can't count how many times I've been outdone by nihilism. Join the march that splits an open heart into a schism. So he can't count how many times he's been outdone by nihilism. So seems like a sad line, but in actuality is very hopeful, right? It's like, I've been outdone by nihilism so many times, but yet here I am, you know, like, I, I'm still here, you know, I really haven't been outdone by it. Um, and I've joined that march that splits an open heart into a schism, I've, I feel your pain, you know, like, I've participated in that uh, heartbreaking march, you know. Um, and, you know, that, for me, is just such a, for me, that's a connection from him to us. You know, that's such a, he he's real and he's been there and, you know, he, he knows how you feel. Um, and so I love that line because it reminds me to, to, you know, be myself and that, and, you know, find friends through music. Um, and then the second stanza that kind of reminds me of that is, you want to live outside the groove, that's fine, but it's there like a flower blooming in your ear, open up your mouths, pollinate your peers. So he's saying, you can try to get away from this if you want, but it's, it's going to be there, you know, and it's blooming like a flower. It's right there. It's ready for the taking. And, you know, if you open up your mouth and pollinate your peers, you know, it'll spread. Um, and so, so do it, you know, like, spread the seed and watch flowers grow everywhere. Um, and I just love the way that's said, you know, <laughs> open up your mouth and pollinate your peers. Um, so beautiful. So such a connection to,
2: to nature and our history. Um, then I'm
1: also reminded of, um, Uh, This just inspires me to make that line. Also, you want to live outside the groove. That's fine, but it's there like a flower. That also inspires me to, to play music more and to do the things I love. uh, You know, because it's they're always there and they're always going to be so valuable and you know so nurturing. um, Whether that's you know connecting with someone or pursuing your own pursuits, um,
2: you know that's that's. That's what it's all about. Um,
1: Then, you know, reminding me to be present. Um, Travel where you are, tourism is sin. Um, You know, that's really half of that stanza, but that's what I want to point out. Um, You know, the travel where you are, tourism is sin. I mean, I've always kind of disliked tourism for the sake of tourism, you know, just to go somewhere to visit um, instead of having... Just kind of a deeper purpose for connection there. Um, and travel where you are. I mean, that's like, you know, that's my mantra. I would love, you know, to get that maybe tattooed. That's, you know, um, you know, whether that's through meditation or just, you know, looking around at a tree or, you know, all the, all the ways in which you can travel where you are cooking a dish from Italy at home, you know, like so many ways to, you know, inject, inject, you know culture, and you know the experiences of tourism into your life while, you know, remaining where you are, um, and then you know to 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 love to love more um, at the end of the day. So this is the whole last stanza. Um, Nothing reminds the mind of power like the cheap odor of plastic, leaking fumes. We crave, consume the rush. It feels fantastic. But like power turns to mold, like a junkie going cold, I need the fix of a little tenderness. And so that's kind of a, a, I love that line because he's talking about how, you know, what we're addicted to isn't what we need, you know, that what we will, what we need. And it really is a fix, you know, it's like people, people need it. People need connection. They need someone to stop on the street and, you know, see them or, be nice to them or hold a door open and, you know, just a reminder to, to do that and to throw it out there willingly with no expectation of return because people just straight up need it and, you know, can fix them.
0: It's absolutely right. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot that you said there that I was like about to jump out of my chair to, to get into, but,
2: um, yeah, I think it, it, <laughs>
0: Just going right and you know, sticking with connection. I think that was probably one of the most common themes of opening your mouth and sharing the pollen with your peers. Um, and then it just the, the overall need for connection. You know, I think about the last year and a half going through a pandemic. We are still going through it. And there's a lot, of, a lot of opinions and thoughts around vaccinations and what we should be doing, this, that, and the other. But I would like to think it, but at, that at the end of the day, Everyone wants to be taken care of. And there are different viewpoints and different versions of that, but we all are looking for for connection and we all want to give love. We all want to receive love. And, And like you pointed out before, it's especially in most beautiful when there's really no expectation for that coming back and understanding that it doesn't have to be a finite resource and we can just keep giving it to all these different people in our lives. And they will benefit from it, and we will also benefit for, from it. Because oftentimes, when you give love, you receive love. So yeah,
1: exactly. And and that's why it's so important to have that that root, you know, that self confidence and that sort of you know root chakra firing. Because that's where you're going to source your love, is your connection to the the universe, you know, connection to everything, and belief that you belong and deserve it. So you know, um, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And, and with this song, too, there, you know, songs can make us think about like, you know, going back to Gavin DeGraw's track, getting up and, and kicking ass and taking on the day. This song, to me, feels so much more about the connection and, and being truly with people and being present and not, um, you know, traveling elsewhere and, and just traveling in the present that you're in. Is there anybody that kind of comes to mind when you think of the connection, when you think about this song and just like the, the people you just feel drawn to after really digesting the lyrics and the sound of the song? Yeah, I mean,
1: it definitely reminds me of all my, you know, closest friends. I mean, in a general sense, just like anyone I've been to a show with, you know, like the crew back in Austin and all my you know, friends in Colorado, really everyone across, you know, all the places I've been that I've experienced live music with. But, you know, really like a, down back to a couple people. I mean, my friend Michael, who showed me this song, um, I love playing music with him. And um, he's, you know, probably the closest friend I have in Colorado. So um, he, that, you know, always makes me think of him. And then Jonathan as well. Um, O'Brien, who you know. Um, a very good friend that I always feel connected to through this song. I feel like he he loves it as much as I do. Um, I can picture him singing it right now, um, and and then you know yeah, it really it really takes me back to so many different experiences. You know, I can think of lightning in a bottle with that whole crew. I can imagine late nights at Chapel's apartment and Jordan's apartment, and You know, this, these people I just met at Fish on Sunday that I had a great time with, who I'm probably going to go party in Moab with in October. You know, it's like, um, you know, meeting people and connecting to people, especially through music is, is so important to me. So, you know, this, it, it just reminds me of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it just like such the sweetest thing that there are amazing artists out there that are putting out amazing music? And we just get to be a part of it. And you mentioned with Michael, you mentioned with Jonathan and the sharing aspect of it, too. And I think this is this might be the first out of the three where we're talking about sharing, uh, I guess, on that side of connection. So we're you know, sharing and having that with somebody else. And that is one of the most special things. And whether we're, you know, a, a performer who's on stage or on the field sharing. Is is such an incredible and powerful thing. Even for those individual athletes out there or that CEO that feels like they're entirely alone making the decisions. Somewhere along the line, there's someone that connected with them. Maybe it's the person that sells them their morning coffee at Starbucks or whatever that remembers the order, but that connection is is huge. And it's
2: it's such a good way to kind of, you know, going back to
0: love to to share that and mm-hmm. almost show it to people. It's like this. Yeah, I'm having a hard time articulating it. No, but. but that that's what performing
1: is. Like, I think performing is entirely about sharing. You know, yeah. you can, you know, the person who's unwilling to perform ultimately never shares, you know, in, in a sense. You, you You keep that for yourself. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, I think that there's more in the sharing and more in the connection. And that's scary and frightening and, you know, requires more of you. But that's ultimately what it's all about, you know, until I you know, play my song for you, you, I haven't shared it, Um, you know, yeah. and, or until you, you know, see me compete, I haven't, you know, shared that, you know, that, that goal, that struggle, that work with, with people, you know, Um, you know, someone who practices for a piano recital, but never performs is, is, you know, choosing not to share, you know, and might not be choosing, will be, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with other struggles that prevent them from doing so. But I think that's, you know, performing really is sharing in essence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're going to need a second episode, I think. <laughs> I would love one. Yeah. So with this song,
1: what's the frequency on this? How often does this one come up for you? Um, you know, since it came out, it's pretty regular. I think it's been on my top songs played. In Spotify every year since it came out um shows up on different playlists all the time um I play the hard vinyl all the time um yeah i love I love the whole record so it comes in the form of being the the nice exclamation point at the end of the record um because a lot of the rest of the record is is sort of a doom and gloom perspective not necessarily um but there's a climate change song. There's a few songs about kind of the grind of New York city. And so mm. this is really the, the feel good end, just kind of the sending everyone out on a nice positive note, you know, an inspiring note. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It kind of goes back to that release, and that decompression. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The tenderness. So it's The great. tenderness. Exactly. As, as, it's as a little, they say. little piece. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's awesome. Well, I think I think you and I could probably keep going. We could probably do a whole second lap around these same three songs and still find more interesting things to pick apart and and get into. But I just want to say a very heartfelt and appreciative thank you to you for taking the time to hop on with me and, and deal with my very frustrating no Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi issues. Yeah. And and just opening up and sharing the stories. And you know, this is exactly. What I was you know, really hoping for was just to have a nice, open, welcoming space to just talk about the realness and the depth of the stories associated with our, our jams, with our songs. Because these things can take us places. They can make us feel things. We can connect to other people about it. And kind of going back to, um, with a couple of these songs, just the overall connection and feeling rooted and grounded and building lives with other people and sharing like, like, what else are we doing on this planet if we're not right. doing that, man? Right. Like, what, what's the point? So,
1: yeah. But yeah, thank you so much too. Great, great questions. Great flow. It was, it was a pleasure.
0: Thank you. I
1: appreciate it.
0: If there's um, anything you'd like the world to know, anything you're excited about right now, anything you want to throw a little plug in, have at it.
1: I mean, I'm, you know, I'm excited about a lot of things. Um, I'm excited about getting into DJing Starting to do DJing, um, check out Better Distractions on Mixcloud, um, and yeah, exploring Fort Collins, just moved up here, so excited to do that, and then I adopted, Mary and I adopted two cats recently, so. Hey! getting to know uh, those cats, which, are, which is super fun.
0: Yeah, it has grown, the family has grown. What are the, what are the cats' names? Uh,
1: Moja, which means fun in Punjab. And kolachi, which, as you know, is a dough, doughy treat that is of
0: Czech origin, but sold a lot in Texas. Yeah, yes, they are. I imagine that kolachi is exactly the way you described her. She's, she's yeah, she's kind of a little short, fluffy chip. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a nugget, if you will, a chunk. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Vince.
1: Yeah, thank you, Benny. Love
0: you. Love you, too.